What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. My name is Zach Clinton. I'll be your host. And as we continue to grow, I'll have friends joining me each week to interview some of the leading experts in the fields of motivational speaking, mental health, ministry, and even sports. Our goal is to instill hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. And our prayer is that after each episode, you'd be more equipped and encouraged to look, love, and live more like Christ from the inside out. That's our definition of what it means to be built different. So I hope you're ready. You better buckle up. Let's roll. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this week's edition of the Built Different Podcast. Man, as always, I hope you had a blessed weekend, and I hope you're having a great start to your week. You guys, today I am so excited to be releasing just an incredibly powerful conversation that I just had with one of my good friends, Mr. Richard Yergin. For some of you guys, you may be familiar with him. We're kind of running it back with my man Richard because we had him on two years ago. That is just insane to say that it's already been two years since the last time we had him on our show. But you guys, he has one of the most powerful testimonies I have ever heard in my entire life. And I'm so incredibly thankful and grateful for him that he was willing to join us, that he was willing to extend some time for us today where he's vulnerable with us and helping us understand not some of the lessons that he learned on the mountaintop moments of his life, but some of the lessons he's learned in some of the deepest and darkest valleys of his life when life has blindsided him and really knocked him to the canvas of the ring. But the message that Richard really has for all of us is this idea that pain is necessary in order to experience the growth that we're looking for. Today, we're going to be unpacking and discussing his newest book that he released this past spring titled, The Man is Greater Than the Brand, Shedding Past Your Brokenness to Live Lives as Kings and Queens. You guys, Richard, um, for some of you that maybe are not familiar with his story quite yet, Richard is a transformational keynote speaker who uses his life experience and powerful storytelling to inspire his audiences. He's also a professor at Clemson University. He's a former college football superstar where he actually had the opportunity of playing college football for Dabo Sweeney there at Clemson University. And then he was unfortunately, and you'll hear a little bit of this story, and if you go back and listen to our previous episode with Richard, you'll hear the full extent of his testimony and the horrific car accident that he was in and how that really impacted his life and the trajectory of his football career. Um, But then he got a second chance to actually go on and play football at Boston College as well. Just powerful in all ways and what God is continuing to do in his life. But his real message for all of us, and if you read the back of his book, his newest book, again, The Man is Greater Than the Brand, it reads, in our modern society, there's something we're told to elevate above all else, our brand. No matter where you're at in your career, your brand can either make you or break you. Or at least that's what some people say and believe. However, I believe this, not only in his book, but also throughout our conversation today, Richard will dive into why who you are as a man or woman is more important than how the world might view you and how you can pursue the character building traits to flourish alongside that reality. With some help from several mentors and trusted voices all throughout his book, Richard will bring into play several unique stories that just remind us that you guys, it's the internal character. It's committing ourselves to this process of progress, this development, this self-improvement, right? As we continually dive into our self-confidence and self-esteem and self-worth and just recognizing that God has such a unique plan for your life that we need to place an emphasis on that process, on that process of internal character than on the, the idea that we have to place such an emphasis on our external reputation. 
I know that some of you may be in a spot or in a position where you feel as if you place a priority. I've been in this spot in my own personal life on what other people think on our external brand. But what I want you to know and be aware of is that God has something and he's doing something within you. I think of a verse, James chapter one, verses two to four, which says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith goes on to produce perseverance. So let perseverance finish its race so that you may be mature, complete, lacking nothing. What does that mean? Considering it pure joy whenever we face trials. What that means is we don't consider it joy because of the trial or the tribulation or the suffering we may be going through or enduring. No, we can consider it pure joy because of what that trial or suffering can produce in and through us if we allow God to let it. The challenge or the pain that you may be experiencing today, my friend, it may just be a preparation season where God is producing greater fruit within you, right? Pain can be your prison, holding you in the bondage that it unfortunately does for too many of us, or pain can be your passport that can take you places that you could have never gone without it. My friends, the man truly is greater than the brand. Without further ado, let me introduce you to my dear friend, Mr. Richard Yergin. Richard, thank you so much for joining me again today, brother. Brother, it was an honor and a privilege to serve on your platform. Anytime I'm with you, I feel safe and I'm just ready to let it rip. Dude, I cannot wait. It truly is a blessing having you back on the pod. It's been, can you believe it? It's already been almost two years since the last time you joined me on the show. It's amazing how fast time flies, right? But something we chatted about the other day, even on the phone as we were catching up before this episode, is how different life looks for Richard Yergin now, right? I'm interested, dude, if you could just maybe give our listeners, maybe those that tuned in a year and a half ago or so and heard your testimony, heard your story, help them understand, you know, this newfound purpose and vision that you feel like God has placed on your life for such a time as this. Man, uh, thank you for the question, first and foremost. It's been a journey. Um, since the last time we've spoken, uh, I got married to my beautiful, beloved, Let's go. sweetheart. Um, we've gotten our relationship to a whole nother level over the past two years. Mm. Um, we were at a crossroads the last time you and I spoke. Um, mm. And we were either going to be or not be. Um, just just mm. being very honest with you, right? Um, and yeah. I was at a place in my life, man, where as a man, you're in a dog fight every day. Your back is up yep. against the wall. Um, because you're not trying to protect your reputation, you're trying to develop your character, right? Who am That's I gonna right. be for the next 30 to 40 years of my life? That's where I was. Um, mm. And I was proving that mm. each and every day by how I showed up. Um, and so life, life's in life, life in the right direction and, and, and in the right way, I was on the right wavelength. And March 16th, 2022, we made it real. Um, and me and my That's wife, awesome. you know, we finally took that next step in our relationship to heal um, and just let God mend broken hearts and broken pieces and put it back together. Mm. Um, and man, from that point on, my life took off. Um, became wow. a college professor within the next three months here at Clemson. Um, nice. You know, realized that what I had been through with my accident was finally coming to a, a, a close. So I've been fighting a six year mm. battle 
um, in in court, you know, lawsuit against the state of South Carolina uh, for my accident, mm-hmm. and you know, finally receive reciprocity from the situation. Um, you know, and, and even though you know financially it was it was nice to kind of alleviate some stress off my plate and be able to do some of the things that I, I had to put on hold for a little while while I was trying to kind of mm-hmm. work through the minutia of life. Um, it just seemed like God just said, just release in order to receive. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at that point in my life, man, I released everything back over to him. And when he gave it back to me, it was way better than I could have ever thought or imagined it would be. Wow. Isn't it crazy how sometimes we have to surrender or give up control, right, and be out of control, but yet we give God the control that he was always meant to have in our lives, and that's when we feel, in a sense, the most at peace, the most comforted, the most in control of our own stories because God's the one that's always orchestrated our steps. And I feel like I've witnessed that, right, from a distance, just watching you and your life story, like, unfold. Like you said, you got married to your beautiful wife, Kayla, and then all of a sudden your life is just taken off man like you've done amazing things you're speaking you're on the speaking circuit god is using you as a professor just to invest into the lives of the next generation and man it's encouraging in my heart you've encouraged me that being said today what i can't wait to unpack right is your new book that you released this past spring it's titled the man is greater than the brand Shedding past brokenness to live as kings and queens. Bro, before we dive into like just the nooks and the crannies and the principles and the lessons and characteristics that you really unpack for us in that book, I'm interested in asking beyond the title, what's really at the core or the heart or the message behind this book that you feel like God placed on your heart? Your reputation sometimes supersedes your character or oftentimes supersedes Mm. your character. So your reputation is the outward of appearance, what people receive by looking at you, but not knowing you. But when you get Mm. to know the inner man, the inner man is ugly, right? Like the inner man got some issues. Your character has some flaws. And when those things are brought to the light out of the dark and you share your journey with people, the real journey, like not, you know, oh, look at where I'm at today, right? And and you base my reputation based off of where I am today, but I want you to see the full picture. I wanted to unravel, mm-hmm. right, like those layers of brokenness and create a message that was going to transcend beyond what the eyes could see, right? So for me, mm-hmm. it's simple. Your character outweighs your reputation 10 times out of 10, right? You could submit a great mm-hmm. resume for a job, but then you show up on the job and they're like, whoa, wait a minute. You're nothing like what you described you were on your resume, right? Like, so for me, right. I show up every day and I have a job to do as a husband, as a father, as a professor, as a speaker, as an author. Da-da-da-da. All this stuff, is, all these titles are great. But who is Richard Jurgen as a man? Come on. And I can honestly and confidently say as a man. I'm a man of character that operates out of his faith and everything that I do exemplifies integrity, honor, courage, and excellence. And I stand on it. Mm. And my mission matches my vision because look, I'm on a mission to serve others first or serve God first, others second, and myself third. 
in that order. Right. God first, others right. second, myself third. So it to me, everything is in alignment based upon my character, not my reputation. Mm, I love that. Like you said, it's that that heart or that mindset of I am third, right? God first, others second, me third. And I also love this kind of concept that you're breaking down for us, which is this idea that what like what I do will never determine or define who I am. Uh, Dr. James Dobson, he's one of my favorites, right? He has a quote out there that says, life will trash your trophies. In the end, the only mm-hmm. thing that matters is who you loved and who loved you, right? And that's what I believe is the most important thing for us to really grasp. I always say that the modern day definition of the word tragedy, becoming good at the things that simply don't matter, right? So Mm. trying to understand, like you're talking about, this internal state of development, right, of improvement and constantly buying into that process and not getting lost with all of the different things that life will offer us along the way, not getting lost in our reputation, but instead allowing the light to shine on who we are in our character development. Something uh, I always love to talk about, Richard, and something I love about you is, we're already hearing it today, is your vulnerability. I've read through your book, man, and you are very vulnerable. And you share with us not the lessons that you learned on the mountaintops and the high moments of life, but more so the lessons that you've learned along the valleys. I think that's the most important thing for all of our listeners, maybe even the young athletes out there that may be listening to us today, to help them understand that pain is inevitable in this life, right? John 16, 33 reminds us that in this world, we will have trouble. James chapter one, verse two says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And your story really reminds me of another one of my favorite quotes that I have written down, right? The legendary boxer, Mike Tyson. What does he say? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Life, bro. Life has a way of punching us in the mouth. It has a way of blindsiding us. And it's in those moments, it's not about, right, the pain, Right, that ultimately matters. It's not about the punch. It's about how we respond to the punch. For you and your life, man, I know you've been blindsided. You already kind of mentioned your car accident, but I, you've talked about a lot of vulnerabilities in times in life where, man, you went through some broken seasons. Could you help us just give us a picture or an overview of some of those punched in the mouth moments in your own life? Absolutely. A lot of it started at the age of nine years old um you know the loss of my grandmother really was um it was a huge crush in my young childhood because i had i mean honestly Mm. i had a great childhood up until that point in time bro like i have had a mother and a father in my life right that have been married for over 30 years now wow Um, that's incredible yeah, it hasn't been a perfect marriage, right? No, because yep. no marriage is. But it That's has right. been it has been a marriage that has withstood the test of time, so they'll say, right? Mm-hmm. And I just remember as a, as a young boy, like being just so excited all the time. I have an older brother who's eleven and a half years older than me. I have a grandma. I have a mom mm-hmm. and a dad for those first eight years of my life, and. Regardless of anything that's going on in our family, what we may have versus what we don't have, I didn't care, bro. I didn't care. Yeah. I just I, I felt like I had every kid's dream. I had love from every direction. 
Um, and like I said, that main source of love being my grandmother, um, you know, when I lost her at eight, bro, things went dark for a while for me. Mm. Um, and I'll say this, right? Growing up in the inner city of South Florida is not easy, right? Yeah, and you're right. getting passed along in the system is even worse. So by the time mm-hmm. I was 11, 12 years old and I was in middle school, I was in middle school with a lot of my local friends from the neighborhood now, right? So I wasn't going to yeah. the special private school that my parents used to send me to and all this stuff because now it's 08 and it's the recession. And my mother's right. struggling, you know, with trying to keep her business together as a hairstylist. And my father is going through, um, you know, potential incarceration for veh- mm. vehicular homicide, um, you mm. know, and cancer. Um, you wow. know, and my brother's in college walking on playing football at South Carolina yeah. State. Um, it's just so much going on, bro. Like, it was just chaotic, yeah. right? And in the midst of confusion, like, we make some poor decisions. So, man, I started skipping school, smoking weed, disrespecting my mm. teachers, selling weed, uh, shooting dice. I mean, you name it, bro. Like, I'm just being raw with you. I'm being honest. And yeah, I remember those days, man, being like absent-minded just not there Mm. right like just sitting on a gift and it wasn't until the end of my my junior high school career it was like probably the last couple months we used to have these writing classes on Saturdays and um it was one particular Saturday that I you know was dropped off I was I was there right but I wasn't there and so I wrote this paper that was apparently amazing that day, right? Like it's about the only day you're gonna catch me. I had done some work <laughs> randomly was on a Saturday um, because I had to be there, right? Like I had no right. choice because I kept skipping and kept missing. So I had to make up the work somehow to graduate, to go to the next grade. So right. um, <laughs> bro, I, I remember writing this paper, didn't put my name on it, left, right? Just left. like. My boy Marcus, who's now serving 25 years in prison, me and him, we decided, you know, we're just gonna skip, go smoke some weed, probably do some other stuff we had no business until my dad came to pick me up because I had enough time mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, plan everything out because I was like, I'm gonna hurry up and write this paper. And then as soon as I get opportunity, I'm dipping out of this class. So I'm running, 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 me and him running. Security is chasing us. And I could feel God just talking to me like, son, go back. Claim what's yours. Mm. Like, don't leave. Don't do this. Like, not again. Yeah. And, man, as soon as I hit that gate and, you know, I'm walking with Marcus and we just talking and smoking uh, a, a, a blunt, I'm, 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 I'm seeing out of the corner of my eye this van beelining down the street and it's mm. headed towards me. And, bro, it's almost like the floodgates of heaven opened. My dad appeared out of nowhere. And he was, like, just going in on me. Like, and what I remember was, he told me, son, you're not cheating me. You're cheating yourself. And Mm. those words and being caught in that moment, and Marcus beelining it and going that way and then ultimately ending up serving 25 years in prison and me having the opportunity to right all my wrongs and go to private school again and play football 
and you know pursue my academics and go into a new environment and be exposed to so many things after that moment yielded me so much respect towards my father because in that moment mm. you know i i didn't realize i had a gift and so when we got back to That's the right. school and my father sat down with the administration one of my friends had come to me and she shared with me that the teacher read your paper out loud to the class didn't have a name on it but she said if this person would ever show up to class and put their name on their gift they could be something one day and bro mm. those words they echoed in my mind and if they've never left um in in from that point on, bro, I have, even when I fall, even when I stumble, even when I go through things, I always think to myself, I'm somebody's answer, and I got to continue to grind and fight it out each and every day to get the solution so that I can be the medicine for somebody that's sick. Hmm. Come on, Richard. That is, yeah. I love that story because when I read it in the book, what came to my mind was one word, and it was that of grace, right? And I feel like you got it in that moment that grace is an escape from sin. It's not an excuse for sin, right? You were like, dude, this is an offering to me where it's like, boom, God can drastically just transform the trajectory of my life in the snap of a finger, but it's got to click for me. And I love what you said that you are sitting on almost like untapped potential. You were sitting on your gift, but you weren't implementing it. You weren't using it. And that's what I love about what we're about to unpack with your book because as one of our you know, mutual friends, Inky Johnson, as he puts it, talent is the cheapest thing we'll ever possess, right? Like that's such a great quote because what you go into and what you dive into in this book is you unpack the necessary ingredients or the intangibles to help us really step out of the pits that we may find ourselves in and into the full purpose and potential that God has always destined us for. You break this book down uniquely, right? I was telling you before we jumped on here, you have unique segments in the book. You have the boy, the man, and the king. And within each section, you talk about kind of three different characteristics or lessons or principles that God really revealed to you and taught you during that season of your life. To begin, I want to begin with the boy, right? You kind of mentioned the, the story from when you were just a boy, you were going through some challenges some difficult times, making maybe some bad decisions, so on and so forth. But you broke it down into three phrases, right? Morals, respect, and character. Yeah. Richard, to the young boy or girl out there who maybe is listening today, maybe to the parent listening today, why do you believe those three words were so imperative for you to understand and to begin implementing in your life, especially at such a young age, to help set up the trajectory of the man that I'm talking to today? Man, that is an amazing question, and I thank you for it. When you look in the Bible at a young David, David was already anointed even when he was out in the field developing his character mm. and becoming David right and so when you think about mm. like where we are as a society what are we implementing and teaching our kids internally right in schools in sports all this stuff right like these are these were non-negotiables right so like, like these are three non-negotiables yeah. these are three options 
right? These are three non-negotiables you must have and possess within you, right? And so David, the young boy out in the field, tending to the sheep, doing what he's supposed to do, taking care of the palace, right? Like gleaning Hmm. from the fact that he wasn't one of the sons that anybody thought was really worth anything, right? Right. And so that process of being unseen, the things that you don't see, but pay it forward for you later as a man, right? The development of the heart, right? Like that's, that's, that's heart work, right? Like morals, respect, and character. Like if that's not ingrained in your heart, when you get older, it's going to be tough for you. And so for me, I was a young David. As I mentioned, I had a grandmother who kept me in church Sunday, Wednesday, right? I had a mother who prayed for me tirelessly. You know, I had a father who was struggling, just keeping it real, right? Like my father struggled, but yet and still he knew the word. He sought God's face in the midst of his struggling as a man, right? I had a brother who was off on his own fighting his own battles, but yet and still, still instilling those things in me from afar. And so when my brother got up close on me going into high school when I made that shift from a, 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 a young, young David into this foreseen lion that was taking the scene, right, as a high school All-American, all these things. It wasn't what I was doing on the field that caught people's attention as much as who I was as a human being in the community, right? Because right. people see me do a 180, right, from right. that kid who was growing up in the church, all this stuff, to then going into the streets and then flipping it and turning it around into a positive narrative and becoming a neighborhood hero. Um, mm. You know, man, I mean, like, it, it's just such a wild turn of events, and it all started with those foundational pieces. <laughs> Right. So a lot of people are ready to build up, but they're not willing to go down into the ground and build that 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 bedrock. That's bedrock. That's right. right? Like morals, respect and character are your bedrock for your faith. That's the foundational principles that I had to have in order to stand before a great man such as Coach Sweeney once I got to college. Man. The bedrock, right? That's the foundation that was necessary. You said those are the non-negotiables. And I'm so thankful you brought up the the guy, the man David. He's one of my favorite characters in all of in all of scripture. And I love what you said that those three things they need to be embedded deep inside of our heart. Because what was the prayer of David? The heart cry of David was that he that God would bless him with an undivided heart. God help me to have those morals, the respect, and the character necessary internal. Right? Yes. Help me not to be to stray off of the path and the purpose that you have me on. Yeah, he did. Right? He wasn't perfect. We know that about David. But at the end of the day. That's why I believe God called him a man after his own heart because he prayed for that undivided heart each and every day, and that should be our heart cry as well. I love this term, character. Kind of already mentioned it. My dad always taught me, you know, the phrase that character is what you do when nobody's watching, right? Yeah. It's kind of like doing your work in the dark. There's a guy named Joshua Metcalf who wrote a book called Win in the Dark. And this is what he said. In this book, he talks all about everybody wants to shine under the bright lights. But what we must remember is that the bright lights only reveal our work in the dark, right? Sometimes it's that internal process that you're talking about, which is the product that we're looking for. But something that I really also got 
out of that first section in the boy, right? In that segment of your book is this idea that we also have to remember that our internal, what you're talking about, the bedrock, is oftentimes influenced by our external, right? It's super important to recognize who you're surrounding yourself with because it's honestly, it really comes down to our environment is what shapes our experience. You've had some influential people in your life. You already mentioned your wife, Kayla. You already started to mention Coach Dabo Sweeney, mentors like E.T., Eric Thomas, Billy, Joe, your grandmother, your brother, right? Your mom and your dad. How imperative is it for everybody to understand, Richard, this idea that community, right, is just as important in some terms as character? Man, so you only go as far as accountability will take you, right? And when you mm. are in a place where you have people holding you accountable, that's dangerous, real dangerous. Like when you're living carefree, vicariously through your own set of beliefs as opposed to a core belief system that is rooted and based in principles that like, for me, I, I'm still growing each and every day. Right. And everybody needs to have mentorship be a part of their daily character development curriculum. Like you have to like you have to be that intentional. Right. About every morning that you step foot out the door, you have to ask yourself the question, how am I going to show up for others today and continue to do that on a daily basis? Because here's the thing, like you can you can give a command but can you take direction can you follow right and so Mm -hmm. for me i've i've been adamant about protecting relationships and being honest with people with where i'm at and never once telling them a lie because when you tell someone a lie you got to tell like five to ten more lies to cover up that original lie and so for me when i think about mentorship when i think about these relationships that you mentioned none of them are perfect Right. Like mm-hmm. I've had some tough conversations with each one of those individuals, but I've always shot them straight. Like no matter what the down and distance was in life, I've shot them straight. And for that, each person has let me into their red zone, yeah. their sweet spot. Like they might treat other people a certain kind of way or keep them at arm's length, but they've always kept me close. And it's because I understand the value and vulnerability and Mm -hmm. that being transparent with people creates trust. So therefore, there is no lack in our relationship because we're both feeding off of one another. It's reciprocal, Um, you know, and it's it's a it's a dual role of taking ownership and saying, you know what, like we we got to challenge each other. We can't stay mm-hmm. here. We got to keep going here. We got to keep rising. And so, man, I'm just, like I said, thankful, um, you know, for those relationships and for the trust and for the vulnerability, because that's that's ultimately forged me through the fire and into the man that I am today. And that's exactly what God does. He gives us friends and community for the fiery seasons of life, right? I was just interviewing a guy named Justin Early last week on the podcast, and he talks about a friend is someone who knows you fully and loves you anyway, 
right? And that's exactly what you're saying. We're made for people. We're made for relationships. Genesis 2.18, it's the first time in all of Scripture that God said that something was not good. And in Genesis 2.18, it says, for it is not good that man be alone, right? Isolation is the enemy to growth, to development, to faith, to whatever God has you on, right? To progress in general. We need people to come alongside of us and to invest these necessary ingredients inside of us as well. You mentioned the word trust, right? As you talked about, God kind of had you step out of that season of being a boy into growing into the man, right, that you are. It then went on to discuss, you talked about responsibility, trust, and patience within that second section of the book. Two like pivotal quotes that like hit me between the eyes that I wrote down, right? And I wanted to highlight where the first quote that you mentioned posted on the wall of Clemson football's team meeting room says, right is right, even if no one is doing it, and wrong is wrong, even if everyone is doing it. The second quote that you go on to talk about a little bit later, and I think in that very same chapter that kind of expounds upon the same principle, is the most important action a man can take is to commit to something. That commitment entails making sacrifices, losing sleep, doing more work than he ever expected, and most of all, leaning on God. It's this idea, right, that we would much rather endure the pain of discipline than endure the pain of regret. Richard, to what kind of extent could you give us some encouragement in this moment for somebody that may find themselves in like a grinding process-like season of life, but to help them stay rooted and anchored in the season that God has them in because he may just be producing and preparing them for a brighter future ahead. Hear me and hear me very clearly. We all consistently do things, right? You are consistently what you do. But what separates people that are consistent from people that are committed is this, your level of obedience to sacrifice yourself, crucify your flesh, and to live according to his will and his purpose. And so what do I mean by that? See, for me, right, like, I consistently was able to perform and be what other people expected me to be, as opposed to allowing people to meet me where I was and help me to get to where I wanted to be, right? So as a 26-year-old man now who's married, all these things, it was a process to get here, bro. Like, I wasn't always um, committed. I was consistent. I wake up every day. I show up every day. I tell you I love you, but are you committed to that, right? Like, commitment Mm -hmm. issue versus consistency is where error takes place, right? Like we see it in the Bible so many times, right? Like Peter consistently told Christ, my Lord, my Lord, I love you. I trust you. Christ is looking at him like, okay, Peter, I hear you, but I'm not feeling you. Like I already know, I already know you're not committed to me. I already know when the opportunity for you to run, you're going to run. And so one of the things that I love Mm. about someone that you mentioned, Inky, I asked him a question. I said, you oftentimes talk about in the face of opposition and adversity, like, break that down for me. And he said this, he said, outlast it. Outlast it, right? Like, whatever you're going through, just outlast it. Whatever you're dealing with, outlast it. Don't let it, don't let it, don't let it weigh you down. 
right? To the point where mm. you can't ever get back on your post, right? And I think a lot of times we mm. abandon our post in life and we give other people the ability to take advantage of us because we're not anchored in nothing. No, no, no belief system should be able to be torn apart if it's firm, if it's a firm belief system. Like if mm -hmm. I said to you, bro, I believe that Christ is gonna come back tomorrow. You probably look at me and be like, how you know that? I might, not, I might not truly know, but I believe that if he did come back tomorrow, I would be ready because I've been committed right. up to this point and I've been consistent with him up to this point. So I'm ready. So I'm not saying, okay, if Christ came back tomorrow, I got to get ready. No, I stayed ready so I didn't have to get ready. That's how you outlast the times of hardship, of struggle, of brokenness is when you're prepared for the worst outcome. Like you're preparing for worst case scenario each and every day, but you're expecting joy to come in the morning. You're expecting God to move in a mighty way tomorrow, today, right? Like when you are living in that place of, I expect that because of what I do consistently and what I'm committed to every day, God is going to fulfill his promise. And it's, it, it keeps you, it keeps you locked into your process. Yes. And that idea that beliefs are what fuel behaviors, right? Or our expectation is what fuels our level of effort, which fuels our level of execution. I love that word outlast. I always talk about one of the most difficult times in my life. Our listeners have heard all about it several times, right? But one of the most difficult seasons in my life that I was going through, I came across an article and it was talking about, it kind of painted this scene or this image or this picture of a massive storm just billowing and rolling over the Colorado Rockies. And it says sure. that there's only one animal in the world that runs into the face of the storm. That animal's the buffalo, right? They yes. actually run into the storm. And what they talked about is when you can run into the storms of life, that you actually get through them at a much quicker rate and you come out stronger on the other side. Whereas all of the other animals, right? Us as people, we try to outrun our pain. And unfortunately yes. what happens is those storms just encompass us for longer. They wear us down. They get us discouraged and disappointed. But yes. when we run into the face of adversity when we outlast rather than outrun dude something amazing can happen because then we recognize that romans 8 that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us right it's an idea that we have overcoming in our dna that's what god created us for richard and i love that's kind of what you're breathing into us today my friend dude as we kind of we only have a couple more questions i know you you're on a, a couple's retreat i don't want to take up too much more of your time man but you then transition from the man to the king right yeah. and you talk about these three very in in my opinion distinct and imperative qualities that we need to all implement within our daily lives and possess you talk about how we need to carry ourselves with class integrity and love as i mentioned these are incredibly important to recognize and to begin applying into our daily lives and i just wanted to ask this up front if you could kind of just break that down that last section a little bit but also why were those three the last three that you truly believe are what push us into the royalty that god ultimately destined for us because how you do anything is how you do everything and if you do everything with class if you do everything out of love and if you apply integrity before all 
right? Actively pursue doing what's right, even when everybody else might be doing wrong. Love, even despite mm. the brokenness, despite what was planted, could have been hatred, could have been resentment, could have been unforgiveness. But when you pluck up the roots of those things and you recondition the heart, you recondition the mind to believe that you can and you will love despite, right, the thorn that might be in somebody's flesh, right, that you might have placed there or the thorn that might be in your flesh because somebody else placed it there. And you decide that, you know what, like, I'm not going to treat people based on how I feel. Because if I woke up every day and started mm. treating people based on how I feel, I wouldn't treat them with class. I wouldn't be able to look at people in the eye and say, you know what? Good morning, sir. Good morning, ma'am. Right? So those are all the intangibles of a king, right? When you can walk into a room and you can look somebody in the eye and confidently say, man, I don't know you, but I love you and I'm praying for you. And you put your left hand on the shoulder, you grip his hand and you shake it and you come close to people. That's showing love. That's showing respect. That's showing integrity. That's showing that you honor and value people in their space. Right. So like those are just small things that I think now as we've gotten so conditioned with COVID, post COVID space, six feet, you know, it's like we got to get back to really like honing in on our inner king, right? Like yeah. kings don't fight yeah. and, and divide territory. They multiply and add, right? So like they're always mm. looking for ways in which they can add value. And so for me, I live by this one principle, add more in value than I receive in payment so that service can be the currency to my elevation. And those three things have bro they have taken me well beyond my 26 years of living mm. add more in value than i receive in payment dude that's that's powerful right there right and i think that's a word that so many people need to implement into their lives what you've instilled within us today richard i think is just uh, the spirit of encouragement how i kind of want to close from my end and then i'm going to drop the mic back off to you to kind of just close us off with the word that god has placed upon your heart for such a time as this is a quote that i read the other day it said it's never too late to become who you might have been right too many times richard we hear all those shoulda woulda coulda stories and statistics right but it's never too late to become who you might have been in other words it's never too late to start investing in the relationship that maybe you've neglected for too long it's never too late for an apology, right, to accept an apology or extend forgiveness to others. It's never too late to begin making the decisions or cultivating the habits necessary to be the man or the woman that you've always desired to become. It's never too late to put a foot in the ground and to run back to God who's constantly been pursuing and chasing after you all along. It is never too late. Richard, for you, man, what is just the pressing word of hope encouragement and motivation that you want to leave with all of our listeners today as to how they can begin prioritizing and understanding that truly the man or the woman is greater than any brand they could ever do you so here's the thing we're all looking to be successful in some way shape form in our lives right and i think how we measure our success isn't going to be on a dollar amount it isn't going to be on a title 
it's going to be based upon how many people you bless. And for me, ministry starts at home. So when people see me and they see my children, I want them to see Christ. It's simple. Because if they can see and know that Christ is real, when you deal with me or when you deal with my children or when you deal with anybody that's a part of my bloodline or my lineage or my legacy, right? Like, you're going to be blessed by us. Even if I don't, like, know you but for five minutes, even if I... Even if I don't have maybe all the money in the world, right? Like I might be able to give you something if I'm intentional about, again, protecting like everything that I've built by basing it off of how many people I'm able to bless with what I have. Not how much I'm able to hold on to myself and keep and show, but how much I'm able to pour back in, re- sow it right so like not not chew my seeds like oh you know tell everybody what i'm doing but everything that i do keep putting it back in the ground keep digging keep planting seed right because one day when you reap and you look at your life you'll be like man i didn't even have to say anything or i didn't even have to pay you know any attention to that because i've just been focused on i've been focused on my garden i've been tending to my garden right like like Adam should have been doing, right? For Eve, I've been tending to my mm-hmm. garden. God said, look, you can have everything in this space. Just don't touch that over there. And that's where I live every day is like, God, you've given me so much in my garden. I just got to keep sowing, keep sowing, keep sowing. And one day when we reap, you reap what you sow. That's it, bro. Plow dirt now in your garden, right? So that way you can right. reap the harvest that God has ultimately set aside and destined for your life. Richard Yergin, man, you are such a blessing, bro. In my life personally, in countless other lives, you just instill and really possess the words impact and influence. And I so appreciate that, but beyond that word influence, you kind of possess the word intimacy, right? You you share experiences with people. You place relationships above, you know, other things in your life, above your brand. And I love that whole concept of what you've been chatting about today, which is it's the it's the man, it's the internal, right? It's the character that's more important than the external or the reputation. Bro, thank you for your message. Thank you for instilling it within all of us today for your time and willingness. I want to end with this. Where can all of our listeners go to learn more about you and to be able to purchase your book? the man is greater than the brain oh man you asked a million dollar question i appreciate you asking brother so if possible (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm just gonna share can you see uh can you see this so you can go here to the website uh richard yes sir yes sir and uh as you'll see here you know you could purchase the book you could do whatever you need to do um, you know, if anyone's ever interested in, you know, potentially booking me for anything, you could obviously do that here. So whatever you all need to do, you know, feel free. Emails here, the phone number, all that's correct. Obviously, you can find me on socials, um, you know, LinkedIn, uh, Insta, uh, all that good stuff. Twitter, um, you know, my, my LinkedIn profile just to kind of share. Um, uh, I didn't come up, but you know you get it like just just anything like however i can make an impact or help anyone um you know i just love to add value like i said and so thank you again brother for having me um for trusting me with this opportunity just i'm thankful bro 
Thank you. Thank you. Brother, you are a blessing all to all the listeners out there. Please go and get involved with all that Richard is doing. Book him for speaking engagements. Go purchase the book, The Man is Greater Than the Brand. It will impact and change the trajectory of your life. I'm telling you. I'm telling you it will. Richard, at the end of the day, man, you're a game changer. You're a life changer. I believe you're a world changer, my friend. Thank you again for joining me today. I love and appreciate you, bro. I love and appreciate you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Man, you guys, I'll just be completely honest with you. I kind of have nothing else to share. I think Richard just completely knocked that one out of the park. He gave us so many incredible um, just character traits and character qualities that we can be implementing within our own daily lives as we just continually navigate the man or the woman that God has destined us to become. I think it all started out by just being able to recognize, right, those three non-negotiables that Richard talks about, understanding your morals, developing the respect, and then developing the character within each and every one of us. I would also add to that what we talked about, which is that idea of community and understanding that our external, right, often influences our internal. Then he dives into those next three character traits, which are responsibility, trust, and patience. And then the last three are class, integrity, and love. Man, those are the intangibles. Those are the ingredients to be able to help you step into the gifts and the callings that God is destined for your life, to be able to utilize the talents and expound upon the talents and multiply the talents that God has entrusted you with. Those are just golden nuggets that Richard really took the time to invest within us today. So I just wanted to thank Richard again publicly for all the incredible things that he does. And I want to leave you guys with a call to action. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where you're at right now, but I just pray that you would take the time to go to richardyergen.com. Again, that is richardyergen.com. And just look at all of the stuff that he's doing. He has a foundation. I would even challenge you guys again just to make sure that you go and purchase his book. Show Richard some love, man. Go purchase this book, The Man is Greater Than the Brand, Shedding Past Brokenness to Live as Kings and Queens. And then also, you can be able to go on and you can book him for your next speaking engagement. Richard, like I said, he truly is. I think he's a world changer, man. His testimony is so powerful. It's so prolific. It will leave a mark and it will leave an imprint on your life that I'm telling you, you may not have known Richard Jurgen's name when you first showed up to this podcast, but after listening to the conversation today, I pray that you would be like me and you'll never forget it. Richard Jurgen, you are a blessing to all of you that had the opportunity of tuning in and listening. I just wanted to thank you again. I wanted to say we love being a part of your life. As always, Thanks for joining us, and I look forward to seeing you next time right back here on the Build Different Podcast.